guys, Princess here, and welcome to another episode of My Pumpkin. In fact, it's not just another episode of My Pumpkin, it is the season 11 premiere of My Pumpkin. We're starting a whole new series today. Um, it's called The Mother Daughter Experiment, colon, Celebrity Edition. Um, so this show is actually one of the more recent shows that I've done on the, on the, on the pod. Vanderpump Rules is probably a little recent, but I think the stuff that the season that we did, season two, happened in 2013 and Mother Daughter Experiment happened in 2016. I remember watching this. I remember still being in the EBP uh, Facebook group, rest in peace. I, this is a recent show for me. So before we get started, I want to be clear about Courtney Stodden. Courtney Stodden's pronouns are they them? Okay. Um, this happens after this. Uh, this happens after they leave uh, Doug. And really during a time when I thought we were going to, I don't know, Courtney Stodden gives me Anna Nicole vibes. And so I'm always waiting for them to die. I know that's like harsh, right? But it's how I feel. There are certain celebrities that I'm always like, well, who's like, they need people around them. They need, they like, if Courtney, if Courtney Stodden ended up like Anne Heche, I would not be shocked. You know what I mean? That's how I feel. So this was during that time that Courtney came out as non-binary, I believe. So I'm, and I haven't really been keeping up with them. So I'm not used to using they, them pronouns with them, but I will be if i I'll, if I make a mistake, I'm going to try to correct myself. Um, if I don't correct myself, feel free to correct me. But I just want to make that clear as we talk before this whole series that um, Courtney's pronouns are something that I'm getting used to, that I just found out about, kind of, and that, uh, yeah, I'm getting used to them. So I, you know, I make mis- I may make mistakes, but none of them are intentional. Anything else I want to preface this? Uh series with oh yeah I think that's it let's get into it so it's season one episode one it's called the mother of all drama no I I, I'll say this again I do not know why it's called celebrity edition okay I don't know why I don't know if there was a non-celebrity edition in works and then this one because you know the last episode we didn't get the last episode when we were supposed to get the last episode because there was some issue with Kim Richards not like being upset about her edit and threatening to sue the show. And so I don't know if that had something to do with it. If we were going to get a mother daughter experiment where you just get random mother daughters, like uh, kind of like a big brother and big brother celebrity. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it reminds, it remains one of the weird things about this show. Um, the first person we see is Kim Richards and her daughter, Kimberly. Now, I love when women name their children after themselves. Um, I don't think I would love being called Big Princess. <laughs> actually, I would never name a child Princess, so what, what am I talking about? But I actually like that they're Kim and Kimberly. Um, I had to look this up because I was like... Is that the one that got married to the rich people, the fat burger people? And then um, 
Her house got raided because of his fraud investigation. No, that's Brooke. Brooke is the wedding that like Kim was getting ready for on the show and stuff. Kimberly's only 21 in 2016. Um, Listen, their relationship is one of, they are codependent on each other. And Kimberly is parentified, which basically means she acts like a parent to Kim in a lot of ways. Uh, they're best friends. They're the same person. They're married to each other, which is all not great. No, it's not, it's not that mother, daughter, best friends are not, or like, are like inherently bad, but you can't be best friends with an eight year old or you can, but if you are, it's inappropriate. Um, best friends have an exchange of flow of information and the way we talk to them. We can be very close to an eight year, our eight year old kid, but to say that they are our best friend, our best confidant is means that you are crossing some, um, natural boundaries, right? There's a lot of shit your eight year old should know about you and yours, you know? And to say that, uh, Kimberly and, uh, Kim are married is, you know, emotional incest. And if, if, if Kimberly were a boy, we would be able to see that a lot better. We'd be like, why does she keep saying she's married to her son? Um, but that's essentially what's going on there. Um, I had to look up who Kimberly's father was. I was like, is that Monty? Remember Monty is Kim's first husband and he dies. Uh, and she, she, you know, she's basically, caretaking him while he's dying of cancer. No, um, uh, Kim wasn't married to Kimberly's father. Um, she was married twice. She had one kid with Monty, two kids with her second husband, and then Kimberly with, with a partner. That's the essential of it. I, the only other thing I remember, I remember looking at when they walked in is that they are like, um, they're, they're like, why are there two bags? We're used to one bed. He, he, he. I'm like, okay, cool. Cool. I see. I see. I see. <laughs> also, Kim Richards is beautiful. Her daughter's beautiful too, but I haven't looked at Kim Richards in the face in a long time. Kim Richards is beautiful. Sure. She's, she's starting to look her age or whatever, but that's, I mean, looking your age is fine. Um, she's a beautiful woman. And I was like, okay. And I see how, Kyle has been jealous of Kim in the past. It makes sense why. Look at her. So, who else is there? Anything else I gotta say about them? I have more to say. I just gotta wait till we talk about uh, Natalie Nunn and Hadley. So, Natalie Nunn's mama and her get there. I don't know what Natalie Nunn's mama's name is. Eventually, I feel feel like I'll remember it. I barely remember Natalie's name. I have to, a lot of times I will forget Natalie's name and then I'll have to say, I run LA and then, and then I'll remember her, her name. Uh, if you guys don't remember, Natalie is from the Bad Girls Club, I believe season four. Um, I did an episode on the Patreon with Tomlin, who is a Bad Girls aficionado. I need to get Tomlin back on this show. Um, and we talked about the first se- the first episode of season four, and it was wild. It was so, Natalie's on there going uh, to, I forget her name, but she's like a, a mousy white girl. And she's go listen, 
Because they put pictures of everybody up before they get there. She's like, look at this girl with these eyebrows. It's a black girl. She's going to beat you up. You need to room with me. These black girls are going to eat you up, girl. Like, <laughs> all, like, all day she's like, when the other black girls come, pounding her fist into her hand, you're not going to be safe. <laughs> like, Natalie, what are you saying? I mean, she's not, she wasn't wrong. The black girls did want to beat that girl up. But, I mean, Natalie, why are we creating a race war? <laughs> why are we race baiting on the, on the first day of Bad Girls Club LA? What are we doing? Um, but that's what Natalie's known for. Natalie's a professional reality star and that she's been on a lot of shit. She's been on, you know, the marriage boot camps and blah, blah, blah. So seeing her, when this came out, the mother-daughter, the experiment, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this makes sense. I did not know that Natalie's mom was white. Natalie's mom is either white or she's a very, 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 she's a passing black person. I could definitely see if she was. She, and what I mean by that is that she has black features and very light skin and that in certain times, even 2022, there are people who are black but maybe have very light skin and they pass for white or they, and passing is an active thing, right? So, um, meaning that they tell people they're white. They allow people to believe that they're white. Um, I don't know, but, uh, as far, I, I didn't realize, actually, maybe I did realize Natalie's mom was white because she says that black girls don't like her cause she's like, cause of her good hair. And I'm like, baby, we know you're wearing a weave. Like, what are you talking about? That's, that's a wig. Stop. But, um, so they're there and their big problem that they want to handle is, and also they look alike. This is another thing. When, when somebody's parent is one race and their biological child is another race, which happens, um, sometimes it's really hard to, for people to see how they look alike. And, they look, they look, they favor each other so much. Like, look at their fucking faces. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, okay. So they're there mostly because they argue a lot. Their, their argument gets loud. Get, there's a lot of yelling in your face. They can get physical. Apparently Natalie gets very aggressive. Um, it makes sense. I've watched her on Bad Girls Club. Uh, and Natalie feels abandoned by her mother because her grandmother's been dying for about 10 years. Her mother's been taking care of her grandmother and can't really, can't really do like, there's just a lot of things that Natalie has been wanting from her mother and she couldn't get from her because her mother was busy in a caretaking role. We find out a little bit later that Natalie's mom died. I mean, Natalie's grandma died a week before they got there. And I'm like, if she hadn't died, were you not coming? Were you guys like, cause the fucking paperwork to get on this show, I'm sure they have to do a physical for insurance. I'm sure there's like, there's like a lot of minutia that needs to be done. Um, contracts handled out, first payment sent out, things like that. And so was it, thank God grandma died because otherwise we wouldn't be on this show. What, like, what was the deal? I'm for the sake of not thinking these people are a monster, because if that's the case, my first, my second thought, my first thought is, oh, were you not going to come if she didn't die? So number two, my second thought is Natalie killed her grandma. 
right? Because that's where I go to. Don't don't blame me. I was raised on Dateline and SVU. I don't know what to tell you. That's the first thing I think. Oh, the criminal minds taught me, all right? I actually just did a bonus episode this week on Hoarders, um, an episode where I spend all the time talking about how I'm very sure this woman killed this other woman. And the reason is I'm a criminal minds aficionado. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I, 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 it doesn't make sense unless that happened. So like, obviously that's where I want to go. But for the sake of not starting this off with Natalie Nunn's a grandma murderer, I'm going to assume that they had to had made arrangements for someone to, who, to take care of Natalie, of Natalie's grandma. And she's just so happened to die. Anyway, unlike Kimberly and Kim, they, uh, Natalie and her mama are actually worried about the fact that they have to sleep in the same room because they argue. So they actually want, uh, two beds and they want two beds in two separate rooms. <laughs> Next person to come in is Heidi Montag. We all know Heidi from the Hills and from Spencer and Heidi Spidey. We all know about them. Um, Heidi has become a professional reality TV person too. There's, I mean, I don't know what kind of job she could get. I mean, I guess now I know what kind of job she can get, but you know, um, let me take that back. In 2016, I don't know how famous Heidi was. She is getting a resurgence now because of the Hills reboot, which I did not watch because obviously that would be terrible. I obviously have warm feelings for the Hills, obviously. Um, it was a very special show at a very special time. There were not six other shows just like that. If it came out right now, they wouldn't have been Laguna Beach, the Hills, and then the city which the city was really bad. Mostly because Whitney Port is not a leading woman. She, I think she admits that now. Um, but if now they would have had the Hills, they would have been doing the city concurrently with another group or like a, a crossover, but not Whitney. Whitney would still be on the Hills. Then they'd be doing, I don't know, the beach. <laughs> In Miami, they'd be doing lots of these shows at the same time. And The Hills was a huge show because it was the biggest in its landscape at the time. And it was very specific. I'm I'm not getting down on The Hills. I'm getting down on The Hills reboot because I don't know why you think you're going to recapture that magic. You're not. Um. So, anyway... Oh, I want to talk about the fact that you guys keep putting Spencer Pratt in my timelines. He keeps showing up on my TikTok for you page. I don't know why. Don't want to see him. I think Spencer Pratt is a piece of shit. I do not understand. Well, I do understand. We are, as humans, it's sometimes very hard for us to hold two ideas at one time, right? We want a villain and we want a good guy. And if somebody's the villain, then the other person has to be the good guy. And as people rewatch The Hills now, they're realizing that like Lauren is, or Laguna Beach, they're realizing that, that that is Kristen's boyfriend and Lauren is trying to steal him away. And that Lauren's not a great person, but I don't know, I don't know who's a fucking great person when they're 16. 
And they're realizing, and at the time, Lauren, everyone was so, I actually don't know why. Was I a Lauren girl? I probably was, you know, I was probably a sheep, but I don't know why everyone, Lauren got all the, is it because Kristen was a little, was a little more like brash? I don't know, but, um, you know, it won't be the first time I was on the wrong side of history. Uh, but as people are watching them with adult eyes, they're going, well, actually I was an adult, so I don't know what I'm fucking talking about. More adult eyes. They're realizing that Lauren wasn't always a good friend. And also, I think a lot of us have grown out of this. I used to be a Lauren. I used to be a person that would be like, um, like I, I had to make my opinions on your relationships, like very known. I had to be like, um, if I didn't like your boyfriend, I need, I need you to know that. And we need to talk about it. And then like, like. I don't know. I was just in people's shit and I had a lot of opinions of what other people need to do. And I still have a lot of opinions, but the fact is now I'm like, girl, why do you, why are you wasting your time over there with their, with their shit? If someone asks me now, I remember a friend asked me, did I think her and her boyfriend were going to be together for a long time? And I was like, no. <laughs> and she was like, why not? I was like, oh, cause you're young and also he's terrible and I think he's abusing you. And she was like, what? And I laid it out and she was like, I think you're right. And, but it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm like so amazed that I, it's not, it's not that I needed to tell her those things. She asked me, I don't have a problem giving opinions when asked, but like having to be all up in somebody else's relationship is something I've grown out of. I'm sure Lauren has too. But when you're watching those Hills thing, I'm like, who fucking cares if like, Spencer's the worst, but who fucking cares if Heidi wants to date Spencer? Let him, let him, you don't have to date him. You go home. Um, I think as people watch things back and they're realizing a lot of things that Lauren did that were just like fucked up, um, that they're like, okay, so now she's the villain. So that must mean that Spencer is not the villain. No, Spencer's still the villain guy. Spencer's a really bad person. He's been a bad person for a really long time. Does, do I think he's killing puppies in his backyard? No, but I think he's a liar. And I also think he is someone, he he has no problems. Like you guys think because he's like telling you behind the scenes tea that, he, that he's a truth teller, teller. No, think about Jax who loves to tell you somebody else's business, but lies constantly. That's what Spencer is. And... He is an underhanded, fame-hungry, broke person. I'm not going to say that he's that he's turning in uh, aluminum cans for pennies. I'm not saying that. But he and Heidi have survived on the fact that they can live in, that his, he comes from a well-off family. Um, there's a re- He comes from a well-off family. There's a reason he knew Brody Jenner as a kid, because he comes from a well-off fucking family. And he's been able to coast on like living in family properties and getting money from his family and, and making appearances on I'm a celebrity, get me out of here and still sell like this. And like, I want to give credit what credit's due. Heidi and Spencer invented selling stories like that in the way that they did. Heidi and Spencer, some of their pap shots are iconic because they, they pretty much invented the idea that everywhere I go, I'm going to call the, the paparazzi and then I'm going to do 
a stage shoe. <laughs> I'm not saying they're the first ones to do it. I'm saying that they perfected it. And everyone does it now. Um, but the more views you can get on TikTok talking about Lauren, who he hasn't spoken to, hasn't interacted with in so many motherfucking years. When they did that Hills reunion or the, um, with Lauren, where they only filmed with Lauren, um, I just... I just remember thinking, she doesn't even think about these people. She reminds me of Eve. Remember? Eve, how you do that? Eve, Eve, how you... <laughs> Eve, Rough Rider Eve. Eve, like, went off, like, married some some Brit, some rich Brit, and then was just like, I don't think about you guys anymore. <laughs> and that's how I feel about Lauren. I feel like Lauren is off being, like, very middling, very bland, in her own way, good for her. But he he has to make money from social media. He has to talk about her all the time. And that's weird. And you guys up, big upping him, bigging him up because he's like, because he's saying like the mean things you want to hear is awesome. But also keep in mind, he's also a terrible person. A terrible, terrible, terrible person. So anyway, Heidi's there and she shows up by herself. But the thing is, she and Natalie got into some argument online about her plastic surgery. Listen, Natalie's had a lot of plastic surgery too. She used to have a huge Jay Leno chin and now she doesn't. Where did it go? Where did it go? Um. So there, so immediately when she hears Natalie's voice, they look at each other and go, oh, oh. And Heidi tells us she's had a few drinks because she's nervous. A few? Okay. And she's like, go that way. I don't want to talk to you. And then immediately they're, her and Natalie are like going at it. And Heidi's like, fuck you, bitch. Fuck. <laughs> and then Natalie's mom starts trying to talk to you. And Heidi's like, and who are you? <laughs> and her, she goes, I'm her mom. She's like, ah. <laughs> it was very funny to me. I don't know why. I also want to say that Heidi seems very, Heidi seems, even if you do remember that Heidi is, Spencer is the worst, Heidi, in, so in comparison, Heidi seems like naive and she just goes along, she doesn't know, and this and this and this, and I'm like, bruh. Heidi's bad too. Heidi knows what she's here for. She knows what she's on this show for. She came to work. She needs a check. So she came to work. Nobody on this show didn't need the check. Okay. So that starts happening. And then Darlene shows up, which is Heidi's mom. Um, Heidi, I guess they're here to talk about their relationship, but they keep saying that the reason they're on is because Heidi, um, Darlene has always had a bad, had a bad reaction to Heidi's surgery. Remember when Heidi went to surgery and got like her, a whole new body and a whole new face and a whole new soul. Remember that? And we were all like, she was doing, she was stunting even then she was doing stunts and shenanigans. And <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. It's just so fucking funny that she, that her mom and her filmed and she shows up 
She's got a new face. <laughs> and she asked her mother, do you think I look good? And her mother goes, no. <laughs> In Darlene's defense, your parents, it's very hard for parents to under, it's very hard for parents to see you differently. And for for them to know your face so well and know who you are so well, and then you show up with a new face and you look very plastic and stuff, no, almost no mom is going to be like, that's cool. Unless, unless you've got a really bad mom. No mom, no mother, you, no decent mother is going to hear about you going through 20 hours of fucking surgery to get a whole new face and going to be like, that was, and not be concerned. There is no, even Kris Jenner would be concerned. Even Kris Jenner would be like, all at once? Like, every everyone would be concerned. And since, and Heidi always hated her for that. Heidi says that she doesn't support her and she doesn't support her marriage. And But they're talking about something that happened 10 years ago. And I'm like, so you guys been cool since then? What's up? Uh, Darlene says that uh, her big mistake was filming for the show. And I agree. <laughs> I if my kids were ever on a reality TV show, I was like, you're gonna have to hire somebody to be your mom because I'm not filming. I'm not. I don't. I'll make them blur out my face in the background shots at the barbecue. I'm not gonna be on this fucking show. I'm not doing it. You know. Um, while Natalie is fighting, Natalie and Heidi are fighting, and the moms are showing, and people are, you know, all this. Um, Kim and Kimberly are in their room being like, oh my God, people are fighting. Oh my, don't even unpack. I'm not talking to those people. I don't want to be here with those people. Now, let me say something nice first. First of all, if I was told, if I thought the show was one thing, and that happened. I know I would be a little nervous. But they're doing what I always find to be the the, the people from the Bachelorette do on um, marriage boot camp. Or the Bachelor always do a marriage boot camp. Because they're always there at VH1 stars. <laughs> and Team Mom stars. And people are arguing. And they're always like, why are they arguing down there? This is so ghetto. No, we're on the same show. You're ghetto. If I'm ghetto, you're ghetto. We're on the same fucking show together. This show is ghetto. And because you went on a show where you guys pretend to be in love with each other and then fuck on camera, <laughs> you think you're better than me because I'm on a show where I got pregnant when I was 15? Fuck you. No, you aren't. You aren't any better. We're getting the same check and we're, we're here for the same fucking reason. And so, like... I don't know. I just felt some kind of way listening to Kim and Kimberly going, oh, why are they arguing? Oh my God, these people don't unpack. Oh my God. I felt some kind of way. It felt like a microaggression to me. Like, why are you so loud? You know what I mean? Like, babe, we're, you're not, you're, uh, nah, we're, <laughs> you're not better than me. We're on the same fucking show for the same reason. Get out of here. Um, 
what happens is that Natalie and Heidi decide to go off the top because they're screaming and their parent and their mothers are upset. And, um, they decide to go off to the side to talk. And when they get over to the side, Heidi's crying. And I mean, Heidi's drunk guys. That's what's going on. Heidi's drunk. And you know, even Natalie's like, okay, girl. Yeah. You know, just calm down. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Cause she's just like, mm, this bitch is drunk. Um, you know, Heidi's like, I'm here for my mom and now I'm arguing with you. Okay, then stop, stop. While that's happening, Jessica Canseco shows up with Josie Canseco. Okay, here's the thing. Josie is more famous than Jessica now, but at the time this played, like I know that Josie's like an influencer model type thing, Instagrammy type thing. I know she dated that big chinned, I don't know their names, I'm sorry. The Paul brothers. I think that I, I do recall texting Liz once about a Jacob Paul and she was like, who the fuck is that? And I was like, he's the boy with the big chin, right? Isn't that him? And she goes, actually, I don't think he's the boy with the big chin. I th-. She's like, you talking about Jake Paul? I'm like, Jacob sounds better. Sounds like he pays his bills. Sounds more presentable. But, but I don't even think, I think he's the other one. I'm not sure. I don't know who they are. Okay. I, I finally saw them on the reason I was texting Liz. Cause I finally seen like the one that's like beefy or whatever. And I was like, Oh, I see what people are doing. I see what, I see what's going on. I see why they want to fuck him. I get this. He, he looks like the villain on like karate kid, but I see, I see. He looks like the villain in any eighties movie, but I get it. Well, Josie dated one of those, like Jeff, that, Josie's got more of a rising star than Jessica does. But at the time this came out, I knew Jessica from Hollywood X's. Hollywood X's is a show in which famous Hollywood X's um, hung out. So it was Eddie Murphy's ex, Nicole Murphy, um, Jessica Canseco, well, Jose Canseco's ex, uh, Maite, uh, Prince's ex, um, what was her name? R. Kelly's ex, Drea. Um, somebody else was in there. I don't know. Somebody else was in there. Um, oh, Sheree, Sheree, excuse me, Sheree. Um, and she's Will Smith's ex. And now she's on Beverly Hills right now. (laughs) So not too long ago, she was like soliciting money for prayers on Instagram live or whatever. And people are wondering why she was doing that. Guys, Cherie, I don't know if she still is, but was married to like a big, like, uh, prosperity preacher, right? I don't know what his name is, but he was married to someone. She was married to somebody like that. She was basically Giselle when she was married to Jamal. First lady, um, donate this money. Like she's doing that. So even though like a lot of people only know her because of this, she had a, I want to say significant, but I want to put that, I want to put an asterisk next to significant. She had a significant following because of that, that she was doing, like doing preaching work and stuff like that. And so that's why she's soliciting money for prayers. She's probably done this a lot. She's probably had less little eyes on her Instagram live when she does it. 
So I just want to clear that up that people, so people understand. I mean, still it's bullshit, but still I, I want people to understand that it's not like she's a side character on Beverly Hills and is now asking people for money to pray. She probably has been doing that for decades. You know, she was on the show. So the show was interesting. The first season was pretty interesting. You know, something to watch in the background, something like a Mary Mary or a Braxton's family value, something, you know, if I missed the episode, I wasn't like, oh my God, I've missed this. No, I'd be like, okay, cool. So the show ravel, unraveled, I, I want to say three seasons in because they started to have some fights and, and a bunch of other things. And Jessica being the only white, white woman on the show was, I don't know, defensive, but she was dating a lot of black men or something at the time. And I actually don't know what happened, but Drea, R. Kelly's ex, was, um, her and Jessica would fight all the time. And at some point, Jessica was like, you're just jealous because black men like white pussy or like they prefer white women because white women are this, it's, it's, it's a blur, but I do remember this is what they were arguing about. She ends up fighting with Nicole Murphy. Nicole Murphy is a Giselle and a Robin, okay? She's half white. She has blue, well, excuse me, Giselle and Bernard, but in terms of appearance, um, she's, she looks very racially ambiguous. But she, I like took offense to that and some other things that happened. And this is back when Nicole was with, uh, like, what's the guy with the gap in his teeth? And he was on that show, Kelly, Michael Strahan. She was with, she was with him. That was a big deal. She was engaged to him. So she was also fighting with Jessica. There's a barbecue in which Eddie Murphy's daughters, I think it was Bria, cause they're Nicole's daughters are like trying to beat up Jessica Caseco. <laughs> it is a whole thing. That's how I know her. So in 2016, when she walked in, I was like, oh girl, another incredibly beautiful woman. When she's doing her talking hints, I was like, oh shit. She is like, you, you forget cause you've been looking at her for a long time. She's like fucking gorgeous, fucking gorgeous. She probably stops traffic sometimes. Well, maybe not where she lives, but maybe everybody looks like that. But like, there's no way she wouldn't stop traffic at a, at a regular place, you know? So her and Josie's thing is that they're more friends than mother-daughter. Josie yells at her, gets aggressive with her, basically does whatever the kids on Maury do when they come in there to be like, I'm a bad kid. Um, and... She just, she, she can't say no to her. She can't, you know, it's just whatever. And they want to work on that. And Josie feels like she's been abandoned by her mother at one time or another when her mother was doing Playboy, when her mother was running around. Like after Jose, she's running around looking for a rich man. And she felt like her mother's like gone a lot and hasn't been there for her. So that's their thing. And the last person to show up is Courtney Stodden. Courtney is known for being a child bride, okay? Courtney, just like to give you just a quick background. Courtney was 16 and her, see, I told you I'd do it. Their parents, parents, we only, we only see mom, but like their parents 
were like trying to get them into like acting and they, they reach out to Doug and Doug is an actor. Okay. And I'm not saying like, he's not a famous actor. I mean, he's famous now for other reasons, but he's like a, a an actor's actor. Like he's well, he's known for being good at the craft. He's in the green mile. He's in, the, okay. But he would be teaching acting classes over the internet and he didn't even live near them. But he would go and, you know, he would go and and do things over the internet. And apparently, Doug and Courtney fell in love. Doug is 50. And, you know, Courtney's parents signed off on it and they were able to get married. So this becomes a tabloid thing because... It becomes a story, right? 50 year old Mary, 16 year, and he, and he's got a bit of like fame to him or like uh, notoriety because he's been in these big movies and stuff alongside big, act, big actors. And then the pictures come out of Courtney and Courtney looks like a twice divorced single mom in their early forties, like on a beach in very suggestive clothing and just like harsh makeup. Like they look a lot older. And that's when I heard the story because essentially I heard the story because like it came across my timeline and someone was like, they look like a, they look a smooth 43. And I was like, yeah. And then underneath it was like 16 year old Mary's 50 year old. And I was just like, is that the 50 year old? Like, that's how I got into the story. But be, it, it becomes tabloid fodder. They're, they're, doing, they're on the tabloids all the time. They become very much a Spidey in which they're like doing like set up shots and going on talk shows and reality shows and various other things. I believe they were on celebrity couples therapy and left after the first day because Courtney dresses so seductively Courtney often not not in this but I, I remember on that show Courtney was dressed like she was um hosting a night in a strip club at all times like at all times and other people were like um they are very distracting to the men here which I I reject okay these are grown men if they're t- if they're too busy uh trying to get at the time I think Courtney had just turned 18 um if they're too busy getting in Courtney's thong I don't I don't know what to tell you um I did agree that there we do need to question why you are dressing like this in this very casual environment people are like in sweat they're like it's it's just group therapy stuff so why are you dressed like this at all times like, let's talk about that. I'm I'm willing, like, I, I definitely want to have that conversation. Like, that's a part of this. But I do not want to frame this as we need to make sure that you're dressed appropriately so the men here aren't too worried about it. Like that, fuck that. I want to make sure you're dressed appropriately so we can, so you can focus on what we're here to do. And I also want you to relax for a minute because it feels like you're about to go on stage at, I don't know, with the pussycat dolls or something. And we need to like, I need to understand why are you bringing that persona here when I'm here to talk about you and your marriage. That's a, that's a conversation I'm willing to have. 
court needs to distracting the men is not a is not a conversation I'm willing to have. But like, you know, Courtney, that's Courtney's been Courtney's life. And like I said, when I started this, they eventually leave Doug. And I'm just for a while it just felt like I don't know, they gave me Anna Nicole vibes. Like every time you see them might be the last time you see them. Drugs in the background, bad people around, uh, suggesting stuff, uh, like just the kind of person where you're like, where are their people? Where, where is their people? Where, who's supposed to take care of this person? Who's supposed to be, who's supposed to be their backup, their, um, support system. And the mom, whose name is Krista, is supposed, this is the type of thing like parents and people are supposed to be around for. But Krista is fame hungry, competitive with Courtney. And apparently the reason that they're there is that Krista has propositioned Doug and said that Krista wants to be with Doug and that she's always been in love with Doug and that. Uh, Doug's not right for Courtney and Courtney's not right for Doug, but Krista's right for Doug. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Like some people think that that's a lie that they made up to get on the show. I don't think it's a lie. Courtney seems disheveled. Now, I don't know if that's because of uh, drugs that they're on. I don't know. But Courtney is crying the entire time. Courtney's upset. Courtney gets there before everybody else, before Krista does. Krista's coming in the next day. And they basically, they're like, how do, you know, the other people are like, they remember the story of Courtney being the child bride. And they were like, yeah, cause you were so young. And um, Courtney was like, and he was so old. And I think we're getting to the point. I don't know how old Courtney is. Let me figure out how old Courtney is in 2016. Courtney's 22 here. Um, Five, six years passed when they first became like tabloid fodder and reality TV show uh, contestants. And I just feel like they are in a place where they're kind of realizing what's happening, what's happened to them. You know, one of, it's not, favorite isn't the word. But I always almost enjoy, I almost always enjoy when someone who at a young age was taken advantage of by someone older and it spent that time being like, no, I wasn't, no, I wasn't, no, I wasn't, no, I wasn't, you're jealous, you're jealous, finally realizes they get a little older and like, oh, I was being like groomed. I was being taken advantage. I actually wasn't in charge and I thought I was. Um, Demi Lovato's, um, Demi Lovato's uh, new album, which I guess people are saying is really good. Maybe I'll listen to it. I'm still listening to Renaissance. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, whatever. <laughs> but, um, is talking, of, has a song about Wilmer um, being on there. And I was like, yes, you got there. You figured it out. You finally realized, like, no matter what you thought was happening, the fact is he was fucking taking advantage of you. 
There's a reason. Because she's 29, the same age he was when they started dating. When she was 18, when she was 17, probably. Maybe even fucking 16. Um, no, it was 17. Um, by the way, Demi's back to uh, she, her pronouns, I believe. I, I think I read a story about that. But I'm I'm happy Demi realized that. And I'm happy Demi's ready to say that. The like, actually... There's a lot of shit going on that I just didn't realize at the time. I thought it was fine. And of course I thought it was fine. I was fucking 17 years old, you know? And so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm happy Courtney has gotten to this point where they're now like questioning things like, yeah, my mom signed off on it. And now she's saying she wish she hadn't. But like, why did she? And that's a good question. In two years, Courtney could have went off and done whatever with Doug. Why did you need to sign off on Courtney marrying Doug? And I and when I just looked this up, Courtney was 50, uh, Courtney was 16 and Doug was 51. And apparently they fell in love over Video chat, teaching, acting. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So that's everybody. Um, oh, one thing I want to note about Courtney's uh, appearance. Courtney is wearing a lot of makeup, like caked on fucking makeup and a horrific half wig and has white, 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 white blonde hair. Um, harsh looking, old looking, um, just bad looking in a way that I think most of us, when we go back to look at how we looked when we were in our 20s, we'll look at pictures and be like, why was I dressed like that? Yeah, everyone was dressed like that, but why did I think doing that to my hair would make me look older? I look old here. And then in your 30s, you look younger because you you stopped trying to look older. It's weird. Um, Courtney, that's how Courtney looks. It, it, Courtney looks in a way that like I know... In 20 years, they're going to look back and be like, oh my God, who let me put that fucking on? Who let me do this? Okay, so then we meet Dr. Deb. And Dr. Deb, um, it's a short intro, but Dr. Deb is basically like this, you know, we're going to be, we're here to, we're here to heal. We're here to understand each other. This nonsense won't be allowed. And Heidi's like, what does that mean? Because she's still drunk, okay? She's like, that was inappropriate. And so as they're like kind of going off to dinner, Dr. Deb stays to talk to Heidi and Dr. Deb's like, Heidi. And Heidi's like, I know my name. Like she's drunk. And um, at some point Heidi's like, yeah, I'll, you know, even though you sound like a bitch, <laughs> like Heidi, then she starts crying. <laughs> and I was like, is she faking? Is she fucking faking? Cause, cause, cause I was like, this is like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's too much. She starts crying and Dr. Deb is like, I, you know, I hope this doesn't, I didn't mean for that to come off to you that way. And Heidi's like, it did come off to me that way. It did. It did. Like shit. At dinner, we find out that, um, that's when we find out Natalie's grandma, uh, died a week ago and I decided Natalie's a killer. Um, Heidi's so drunk. She has to get up to throw up while at the dinner table. Josie sees puke on the floor and Jessica's standing. You just see a, a long shot of Jessica in the hallway going, I have OCD. She does not have OCD. <laughs> I 
I've talked about this a million times, but I just have to call it out every time I see it because it's important and we're all trying to do better, but OCD is one that we can definitely do better on. OCD is about compulsions and rituals and hot anxiety and the people who suffer from OCD, I'm willing to say suffer, the people who have OCD go through it. They, they are suffering. They are not being bitches about the way they're, about the way that their bed is made. I'm a bitch about the way my bed is made. That is not OCD. And yeah, so it's really important that we stop using, we stop saying stuff like that. And we should do it with other things. And I'm trying, trying not to call people bipolar when I don't mean they're actually have bipolar disorder. I'm trying, I'm trying not to call people just crazy when I don't like their behavior. I'm trying. Um, it's a process. But yeah, OCD is a real thing. <laughs> and it's not about whether or not, like if, if OCD was, I don't like to see puke on a floor, don't we all got it? <laughs> if that's the symptom, we all fucking got it. So Darlene has to go take care of Heidi. <sighs> that's the hardest part about being a parent is when they start throwing up and you're like, oh my God, am I going to have to look at vomit? So the next morning, court, even when they're like, court is, Heidi's a grown ass woman. So the next morning, Courtney's like really nervous to see their mom and, but their mom hasn't gotten there yet. They start the first therapy session. Everyone did pre-interviews and we saw parts of their pre-interviews as they got there. Oh, chef, I talk, talk about Char Jackson and Cassie. Char Jackson, Char Jackson used to be Nisi on Moesha and the Parkers. Char Jackson used, was the person that was not married to, but in a long-term committed relationship with two children with K-Fed when he ran off, when he literally was like, I'll be right back and packed a bag and went off to go live with Britney Spears on her. Was it the hotel tour? It was on some tour and film chaotic. Like, like when, when Kevin was filming chaotic with Britney, the first part of that, Char still thought they were in a relationship. Um, so that's what she's known to you guys for. But in the black community, she's Char Jackson. She's Nisi. Um, and she's also on that show, R&B Divas. Not R&B Divas. Hollywood Divas, a Carlos uh, show. Um, when he left, like, uh, producing for the Housewives and Bravo and stuff. Um, he, uh, it was called Hollywood Divas. It had, like, Golden on there. It had... Fuck. It had a lot of people on there. I'm forgetting their names. It had Countess Vaughn on there, which is how Nisi got on, or how Char Jackson got on there. The truth is, Char Jackson's a down-ass bitch, okay? She's funny. She's low-key. She's, oh, she was also on Celebrity Fit Club. We should do Celebrity Fit Club! Oh my God, we should do Celebrity Fit Club. Um, So she's been on reality shows here and there throughout, through, through over the years. That's mostly, but she just, She's just chill. She's funny. She's on um, Hollywood Divas. It's very obvious she's, um, you know, she's a, a loyal friend, you know. There's a storyline on that one where uh, Countess decides to go get full body liposuction uh, right before 
their movie that they're they're trying to put together and she can't be on the set and golden who is very fat phobic extremely fat phobic extremely fat phobic is basically like bitch you need to eat a, a a carrot or some celery or some shit and don't get surgery and this and this and this and it's just like really rude to countess and really you know and and really like combative oh who else is on there the weird one what is she i gotta i gotta pause because i'm it's gonna kill me paula jack parker she out of control on that fucking show like really wild like the first episode when they find when they like catch up with her she's living in a hotel with her family and like i don't know it's just it's such a weird (laughs) Elise Neal's on it. Malika Hawk was on for like a, a hot minute. Uh, Lisa Wu was on it. It's one of those Carlos King shows that Carlos King did Hollywood X's. I think he did R&B Divas in Atlanta and and uh, Hollywood. And it's one of those shows that's very specific. It's a niche show. But again... It's not a must-see show. It's a very black show. It's but it, it was on like TV One or We TV. Those are where the shows normally are. But it's one of those shows that you're like, it's Sunday. I'm cleaning. Did I see? Well, let me catch up with Hollywood Divas real quick. <laughs> That's what it is. Anyway, so I forgot to talk about them. But they're on the show because mostly Cassie wants to grow up. And Char is like she's literally crying in confessionals because she's worried about her baby. But so Dr. Deb's gonna, they did all these pre-interviews and that's where all these clips are coming from when they're doing their intro, they've interspersed them, but they want to show them to everybody, which is a classic thing they do on these types of shows, which is why you never say anything in the confessional. You never write anything down. You never, that you don't want to actually say to the other person because it's going to come out. Um, this, this isn't a secret. We're literally on TV. So. When I, and I've talked about most of the stuff they talked about in there, but I want to point out a couple of things. So Kimberly and Kim, um, they talk about Kimberly, Kim's struggles. Okay. And Natalie Nunn in her confessional is like, are they not going to talk about the fact that she's like an alcoholic? Because this is at the time, I think this is right, either right before or right after we found like Kim got arrested like stealing at Target and locking herself in the hotel bathroom. This is right around that time. We're all well aware of Kim's like alcohol issues. Um, But it's not just that. Kim, you guys, you've heard Troy talk about this all the time. Other podcasters talk about this all the time. Go read House of Hilton. It is, people believe it is like a well like, it's a well, uh, it's a rumor that's, that's made its rounds that Kim has been, um, abused, like child stars are abused. And she also has some mental health things from growing up with that fucking big Kathy and what happened to her. And so it's not just too many pills and alcohol. It's not just that. And if I remember correctly, they skate around that the whole time because the last episode, Kim is trying to sue the production for mentioning any of the stuff. 
Um, Heidi and Darling stuff isn't much more. Um, Char and Cassie, it's hard for Cassie to watch because Char is talking about how she's like, I mean, she's a black mom, okay? <laughs> In which they're belittling what you think is important. So in a, in a funny way, but like, it's still, it's still hurtful. Um, other people are laughing, but it's hurtful where they're like, oh, you've got a boyfriend of two or three years. Yeah. Yeah. Been there, done that. It's not going to last. And like Char, what Char's really going through is she's feeling abandoned. She's worried about Cassie getting hurt out there. And like, because Char has been hurt over and over again, sometimes extremely publicly. And she's bitter. There's nothing else to say about she's a bitter person in that regard. And Cassie resents that. And also Cassie didn't know she was talking about her and her boyfriend like that. And Cassie is like, I'm not stupid. I'm an adult too. And I should be, you know, it's hurtful. And the way Char projects her bitterness, the things that have happened to her and made her bitter on the Cassie is hard. Like you can't even be happy for her when she's going through stuff because you're too much like, hmm. Well, he said he loved me too. And then he didn't like it's, 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 this is why you don't want to be bitter. People don't want to be around you. Um, Jessica and Josie just talk about how Josie doesn't respect Jessica. She snaps, she curses, she gets aggressive. I'm sure, uh, cause Stan, like Jessica's very short and Josie towers over her. Maybe she was wearing heels, but she towers over her. Um, you know, Natalie talks about being abandoned because her mother was taking care of her own mother for nine years. I don't know. The lady was fucking dying, man. Natalie. Did, see, I'm getting closer and closer to thinking Natalie murdered that lady because the lady was dying. And she, like, being a caretaker to your parents is super hard. And, like, you're mad at your mom because of that? Like, what did you want her to do? Nine years is a long time to be a caretaker and nine years is a long time to have your, your life put on hold to be the caretaker for your dying mom. So I can understand Natalie being like, yo, a decade of me not having you because you've been taking care of your own mom. But like, what was the alternative? When it's Courtney's turn, they tell Courtney that their mom is in the house. Um... I think Krista's the only person that Dr. Deb greeted the door and was like, we're glad you're here. It's going to be tough. It gives us kind of a pet talk. But then as soon as Krista walks into the room, by the way, when they're doing this, when they have them sitting all together, they have little love seats where the, where the mother and daughter sit together. And Courtney's on theirs alone. And when Krista comes in, the whole mood changes. Because they immediately start talking about, they show, they show the pre-interview and Courtney says that mom is fame hungry and has been trying to seduce Doug. And Krista says that Doug has brainwashed Courtney and they both start yelling about it. And Courtney is crying, Courtney's crying and talking in the whole time. And everyone else is just like, hey, excuse me. We all thought we had problems. This is not one of our problems. Like, Courtney and Chris are definitely to look at these freaks in the room. Um, Dr. Deb says that, cause they're yelling about Doug and Dr. De- Deb says, listen, Doug isn't here. We're going to have to go through 
what we're going through together between the two of you. Doug isn't here for this. And Dr. Deb has everyone else leave and she talks to Krista and Courtney about focusing on each other. And the last part of the episode is when we realize that Courtney and Krista have to room together and they're like arguing in the room. And Chris is like, that's not what happened. It's he said, she said, da, 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 da. and, and Courtney actually, it says, I'm here. I want to hear your side of the story. I Courtney's actually very open, far more open than I would be, but very open to be like, I want to know what happened. I want to understand. And I want you to stop. And Chris is like storming off. And this is pretty much where we, where we in the episode, I'm excited for this season. Um, I feel like there's a lot of mess we can talk about. I feel like there's a lot of shit to get into. I feel like a lot of this shit is topical. And so I'm like, I'm hoping you guys are into it too. And I'll see you next week. Later. Later.